1: Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Yeehaw beer, old smoky moonshine. And you, you can follow us across the Outkick network. Just search out Outkick 360. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Plenty of headlines to hit today. John McClain is on the show. Glenn Gilbo from Outkick.com joins us in 30 minutes with the latest across the SEC. All of that and more. Gentlemen, what is up?
2: Hutton, I'm hanging in there. For those watching, we've got a little facelift going on behind us. That's why we're covered in signs. Uh, for
0: those listening, signage.
2: for those listening, welcome to a Tuesday.
0: I feel like I should hold the Don't Block the Box sign to fill this little corner. Our studio,
1: us. I am told, everything is finished by Thursday. Nice. I'm told.
2: How about Excited that? news to walk a little in and see news it. For you, Chad. The moment we leave, the work gets done.
0: Scaffolding. Work's not happening
2: during these three hours, but once we're out of here, that's when the real work oh,
0: happens. The work's getting done. We're going to do some work.
2: Uh, teams were doing work on the L.A.
1: Rams. Whew. How about that? Somebody the Rams. Who I was. I was certain they would rebound off of what we I saw against too. the Titans.
0: So were our bank accounts. And, you Collectively, know, I, I we was, made a big donation.
1: Uh, I was certain more about Matthew Stafford rebounding after the performance I saw from him against the Tennessee Titans a couple of weeks ago, and then last night, two early picks again. 49ers run the football on nearly 70% of all offensive snaps. They ran it 44 times for over 150 yards and they win that game easily. A lot of talk about their first home win of the season and their first home win in like a year. If you if you dig deeper, they have had 15 over their last 15 home games. They are 3 and 0 against the Rams. They are 0 and 12 against everyone else. I don't know how to explain that. That's
0: crazy. Jimmy G gets to do his thing. If you're running it 44 times, he's throwing it 19 times, 15 completions, 182 yards, two touchdowns, easy easy pickings uh, when, when you run that much. LA should be embarrassed that they couldn't yes. stop the run like that with Aaron Donald as a centerpiece. Uh, some people uh, on my Facebook page were saying uh, Jeffrey Simmons broke the Rams um, and uh, the Titans broke the Rams. It should look that way. I mean, that... This, this, uh, the league, we're going to get into it more later, but it, it's getting pretty muddled.
1: Oh, not just getting, I mean, it's been muddled,
0: but a lot of these teams that we thought like we, oh, well, the Rams will bounce back. The Rams are now, I mean, I think a two game losing streak for a team, the caliber of the Rams with their talent qualifies as a slump in yeah. in this season, especially when you're losing to somebody like the 49ers in your division, um, and the 49ers aren't very good and the 49ers have a lot of life now
1: well the 49ers played like they had to have that win the 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 rams did not Odell Beckham Jr non factor Von Miller non factor in both of their debuts last night but it's not on them i think you know th- there's a lot of attention put on them making their debut but i don't look to them as like some you know facelift for that organization they are complements to being all in going to the, the the Super Bowl. That that's the idea of why the Rams made those moves. The other players around the it is amazing to me how easy San Francisco made it look running the football against that defensive front for the Rams
0: last night. Here's what's going to upset 31 me 31 to 10 and it, it was really 31-7. It was it was an
2: awful performance from the Rams.
0: Here's what's going to upset me um come playoff time is, and I know you guys probably don't agree with me on this, you're going to get into the playoffs, and this extra spot is going to get somebody like Panther Saints, say, in, yeah. or the Vikings 49ers are right on the other side, who are not the caliber of these other teams. I don't, I, based on what we've seen, I, I know it. And But one of those teams is going to be hot and pick somebody off And then it's going to be like baseball's been where the hottest team tends to go do damage as opposed to the best team from the year, which makes for compelling football, but is not rewarding for the season of work. Or you go in the AFC into that wild card, you know, and you've got, um, you know, teams like the Browns who could resurface or uh, I can't get the AFC for some reason. But you know what I'm talking about? These these teams, the Colts. You know who all year have been they've been out of the AFC South race for weeks already. Uh, but if they're hot at the right time and they get the seventh seed, they go pick somebody off, and all of a sudden they're they're a factor. That's why the expanded playoff field, while it sounds so good on the front end, scares me a little bit on the back end. I don't want those teams messing up what should be the ideal matchups going in the playoffs, where I want to see all these quote unquote good teams size each other up.
1: Well, we we'll get to the craziness of the NFL coming up in about ten minutes. Uh, we'll we'll dive into the narratives of September and how much that has changed all the way as we sit here midway through uh, November, going into Thanksgiving week and uh, a turning point as these teams prepare for the backstretch of the season. That's the a big seventh, win for Shanahan. By the the way. seventh playoff game is going. I was, you know, he's a good example. Um, and, and maybe not. Maybe his job's probably not in jeopardy. No, but he's um, not
0: living up to the The rep. seventh
1: playoff game is going to save two coaches' jobs this year.
0: Very likely. Not, yeah. not him. You're right. But he has been a golden boy for a long time. And, I mean, they made the Super Bowl run. You can't take that away. But outside of that, last year they were injured. But a lot of stuff has gone wrong for San Francisco. That was a really good win yep. for them last night. And they... Uh, asserted dominance, a big dog against a little dog meeting on a sidewalk. And, uh, they made Los Angeles get off the sidewalk, and go walk in the street.
1: Chad, um, years ago, Justin Fuente was at Memphis and we were all thinking he's the next big hot commodity and he was, he was the talk of the country and he went to Virginia tech. He lands at Virginia tech after, um, After a couple seasons, and now he's going somewhere else. He's out. He's fired.
2: Six years. Uh, He made it six years at Virginia Tech. But yeah, you're right, Hudson. He is out uh, and not even made it to the end of his sixth season. His second game as head coach, by the way, Battle at Bristol against Tennessee. That was in uh, year one for him. (laughs) So with Justin Fuente out, I, I decided this would be a good time to go ahead and show you what's available in college football and rank those open college football jobs as they are right now. Keep in mind, Miami fired their AD. That's going to be a job opening. Manny Diaz will be fired. That is the assumption when they fire the AD. They want someone else to be making the, the call and then hiring a new coach. So Miami probably will join this list of schools that are open. Are you going to put
0: them on there or no?
2: Uh, I'm not putting them on this list, no. For, for purposes of what's actually open right now, okay. these are the jobs that are open. Also, UConn came open this year. Jim Mora hired Georgia Southern came open this year. They hired Clay Helton, two former Pac-12 coaches in the city of Los Angeles. Texas Tech came open. They hired Joey McGuire quickly. So those jobs are now filled. Number one, you could really go with either one or two as the best. I'm going USC. Why USC? It's the quickest and easiest route to a perpetual college football playoff spot. USC should be the best program in the Pac-12. Way easier to get to a playoff to win a conference at USC in Los Angeles than it is at LSU in the SEC. You could argue either way, though. LSU, better, bigger fan base. They put everything into athletics. It's a great job. If you just get players in Louisiana, you're going to be just fine at LSU. Second best job. Both terrific. Number three, that's this is probably off. personal preference. It's for a me. drop
0: off after there. There's a one and two in a line.
2: You're you're dead on right. And Paul, I'll also say there's a uh, a drop off after three <laughs> on this list. And I'm including one power five job that's after, I'm sorry, after three, four, and five. Those three. There's another group. LSU two, Washington three, same reason. Pac twelve, I, I think it's easier to get to a playoff. Chris Peterson got Washington to a playoff. Uh, to a four seed in a playoff at Washington. Good resources, decent recruiting base, kind of a weird school. They put a lot into football, but you never really know if they're fully all in to the level of an SEC program like LSU, let's say. TCU, you could argue, is the best remaining job in the Big 12 after Texas and Oklahoma bolt. There's an argument to be made that's the best job in the Pac-12, I mean, excuse me, the Big 12, again, after Texas, Oklahoma really, are no longer in the really conference. That
0: really says something about the remaining occupants. Doesn't say a
2: lot about the what's left in the Big 12, that is for sure, Paul. TCU though, resources, it's an 8,000 enrollment private school, but with a ton of money, they gave Gary Patterson everything he wanted to stay at TCU. They will put resources into football. They've got a rich alumni base also. TCU is a very good job in Fort Worth. I put them at number 4. Virginia Tech, number five. Frank Beamer showed the path to being excellent at Virginia Tech. Good recruiting base, not great. You're sort of in rural Western Virginia, but they when they were at their best, they went to that tidewater region of Virginia and got a lot of players. You, you have can a ton go of money in, there too. Your second you're home. Good money. You can go into North Carolina, go into South Carolina. You can get players uh, all over the state of Virginia. Virginia Tech's a good job, probably. In football, you know, fourth or fifth in the ACC, I'd say, in terms of jobs, but still a very good job. They're fifth of what's available right now. That goes to show you, though, how deep this coaching job pool is right now. The Virginia Tech coming open today is fifth on my list. Number six, Washington State, it, it's one of the worst Power 5 jobs in the country. I would put Vanderbilt on that list. I'd put Kansas on that list. Washington State is right there. Think about Kansas what Leach did for coming them.
1: Off its Not a years. good
2: job. Mike Leach has done a good job at bad power five jobs. Texas Tech, Washington State, Mississippi State, also on that list. Very difficult place. I remember talking about this with Doug Matthews back in the day. One of the hardest places just to get to. Like where you fly into to get to the Palouse, how you get to that campus in Pullman on the Idaho border. Very difficult place to even you get. You need to. Mike Leach to describe it, right? Much less get you know dominant football players to commit. <laughs> Can he give you directions to to on paper State.
0: like Kirby would have done? He probably don't, would. Don't use your. I uh, see Mike I Leach
2: is a guy who doesn't follow his GPS. I feel the same. He way. follows his own written directions everywhere he goes. Washington State still a Power Five job though. I've got them at sixth. Now we get into Group of Five programs. Butch Davis out at FIU. FIU's a program. Hutton knows something about from his Woods days Davis at Dave is saying that
1: FIU was sabotaging the program. <laughs> they they had um, they had fifteen year old, roughly fifteen year old shoulder pads. Got new ones, but the new ones were actually used by Mississippi State. Mississippi That's, State gave them five-year-old shoulder pads that they were recycling. Charitably that, or charitably. Uh, at a discount? No, charitably. That's pretty they sad. They just wanted them to get rid of them. That's what like,
2: happens to the high school programs. They get hit by some natural disaster. Yeah. Is other programs pitch in and give them old, old equipment so they can keep playing. And he
1: was also, um, so he knew he was going to be out. FIU. This but they're made, in Miami. <laughs> FIU. That, that's that's um, why
2: they're that's why they're seventh on the list. They're they posted opinion.
1: the head coaching job opening publicly
0: before? before,
1: like, so that the the team found out about it online, right? Like, so this before they told Davis Butch Davis. No, Butch Davis knew about it, but again, like, he was just like, "Look, they're sabotaging this. Here's examples of how they're not investing. Here's an example of how they're not investing the program. And oh, by the way, they posted this publicly. So, how do you think the kids will react to it?"
2: Yeah, they, they know I'm out. They posted on Indeed.com for FIU also, Football It's coach. also
1: been a really bad program as of late.
2: It's been a bad program. Fertile recruiting ground, though, uh, at FIU. Uh, not
1: so much. But better much, than the
0: Zips. Not so much at Akron. Check. I will we say. Once a
1: funny story about FIU uh, while I was at Middle. We once got the phone number of the FIU quarterback and would call. Wake him up? We'd call him the night before games just to bug him. And he actually became a really good friend. He thought it was hilarious.
2: Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he drank with him? Do you remember the name of the quarterback? <laughs> Uh, I, I will get it. I'll get the... We need to find the name of that quarterback. We need to get so was this on the team, Hutton? Remember I, the one that brawled Miami? Remember they ended the game early because of uh, a huge brawl on an extra point? Like the kicker got blown up on an I extra point? FIU and Miami brawl. Was this 2005? It was Randy Shannon, I remember, was the head coach at Miami at the Is time. Is it
0: conceivable you're one text away from texting the quarterback? Yes. Oh, that would yeah, be great. Absolutely. I Let's am. get him
2: on Zoom uh, if he answers. So FIU seven Akron eight.
1: Oh, uh, real quick, we also we would call him as a fake persona named Joe Biffle. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was hilarious. I beat Biffle. Uh, uh, yeah, I yeah I beat Biffle instead of Biddle. I think we would Joe call Diffie. him as Joe Biffle, and then eventually, like he figured out who we were. And I don't know how I don't know how we got his number. It was uh, you know what it was through like a recruiting base. Somehow we got a phone number through a recruiting base
2: and called him. Anyway, that's, sorry, Chad. No, that that's terrific. I really don't have much more other than <laughs> UMass is last on this list. <laughs>
0: If my
2: do I need to go into a lot of uh, detail about uh, no.
0: UMass being uh, last on this when list? When Miami opens is it third automatically?
2: Miami is third. I would put Miami at three. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I think an argument could be made for Washington and TCU, but I'm definitely putting I'm putting Miami three.
0: Virginia Tech definitely up, right? do better than Shane Beamer who beat Florida. Uh,
2: Shane Beamer uh, already just now was asked about that and said, "When I said that South Carolina is my dream job, I was not saying that to be trendy." I want my family living here. We are fully invested here and aren't going anywhere. Never mind if he wants them. As strong them. of a I'm not going to Virginia Tech as possible. Never
0: mind if he wants them. Would they want him? Shane Beamer?
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. To bring the Beamer name back? I'm it's huge. never It's never good to be the guy who follows the guy. So Justin Fuente made it almost six full years as the guy who followed the guy and Frank Beamer who was there from 1986 until six years Forever. ago. Shane Beamer would make sense as, as the next coach, but I don't think he's leaving South Carolina. I'll also say this. I don't think Virginia Tech's a better job than South Carolina. I think they're very similar.
1: Josh Patrick was the name of the quarterback Josh. at Florida
2: International. Josh Padrick. 2002 kind of to 2005. Um, so, uh, productive fella. Funny enough, <laughs> getting back to UMass football, if I, if I may. Uh, UMass, really last, last on my list he, of he open really jobs. Walt Bell. Uh, The former UMass coach, Hutton, you probably know, Yeah, went to TSU and is from Dixon. He's from Dixon, Tennessee. Didn't make it as the coach there, but that is a a very... They feel a lot of
0: pressure to match the Jim Mora hire. Walt is a great guy.
2: Walt is going to be very good on someone's staff at a big program. That's his next stop now after not making it as UMass head coach.
1: Hit us up on Twitter, at Outkick360 is where you can find us there. Uh, Again, Justin Fuente out at Virginia Tech column from Dennis Dodd today at cbssports.com that we referenced last week. And in fact, referenced again yesterday, there are not many names in the pool for head coaching jobs right now. Like you can throw around assistant coaches names and people really don't know how much about them other Who's than the how Justin they recruit Frente
0: from six years ago.
1: Right. And, and there's not going to be a lot of movement. There's no, there's not many splash hires that programs can make any longer. And that, that's a larger topic because that affects what I said last week about Florida and Dan Mullen. One of those deals where you know you're going to break up, but you're not really sure that you have anybody else in line that's better than what you have. So you stay together. And maybe that's ultimately what they end up doing. I'm I'm not sure uh, that it's, it's something that's going to uh, be mendable uh, after what happens to Florida against Florida State
2: from what we've seen, Chad, but. It's one to follow for sure. Where would Florida be on your list? Florida would be right behind LSU and ahead of Miami. So still third. Third.
0: It's a tough year. I mean, it's a good year for open yeah, It would go. The, the
2: list would then go USC, LSU, Florida, Miami. Miami, Washington, TCU, Virginia Tech.
1: Coming up, the NFL narratives keep changing. But what's the narrative going to be at the end of the season? We'll discuss that. Plus, Glenn Gilbo joins us from outkick.com. SEC headlines next. Outkick 360. First though, Aurora Nutriscience, vitalifescience.com is the website. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360. Uh, Love working with Aurora and vitalifescience.com. Supplements that stay in your body. And I use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3, glutathione, Uh, simple, easy, grab-and-go packets that I can grab with in the morning and uh, take it with you to work uh, for your entire day. Typical pills, capsules not well absorbed. Most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. Your digestive system breaks these pills down until there's little left for your benefit. But here's Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes, and that ensures greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. Aurora supplements not absorbed in the bloodstream, uh, but, but through the GI tract, and it ensures it's not wasted like a capsule or a pill. Visit vital dot science.com V I D a life science.com for more info. 15% off with the code outkick 360 vital science.com. Outkick 360 rolls on from sixth and Peabody downtown Nashville with Yeehaw beer, old smoky moonshine hit us up on Twitter at outkick 360 Glenn Gilbo, OutKick.com will join us in a matter of about six or seven minutes, and we'll hit the top SEC headlines as we are a week away now from the Iron Bowl. We'll discuss that and more with Glenn Gilbo. The narratives across the NFL continue to change. I was thinking about this last night as I watched the 49ers destroy the LA Rams, which three weeks ago, if we brought this up, would it not have been under consideration whatsoever? The, the the two directions of both franchises and where they were. But it got me thinking how many times the narrative around the NFL this season has already changed, switched in what we thought we were seeing versus what we ultimately ended up seeing. And now as we get to the Thanksgiving mark, we're past the trade deadline where there wasn't a whole lot of movement. What are we actually going to see down the stretch of the season with the extra game, which is going to play a big factor in all of this Titans right now, number one team in the AFC, are they going to stay there right now? The national media to all of the Titans fans glory, they are saying that the Titans are the top team in the AFC. They are by record and they are by their play with their six game win streak. Now seven game win streak now, but how will we view them at the end of December? Same goes for a team like the Kansas City Chiefs on the alternate end of this discussion. We had them dead to rights. They were at one point two weeks ago They were in the ninth team in the AFC. Now they lead their division two weeks later. A huge shift in the narrative for Kansas City after really one game where we've seen this offense put up the points that we expect to see week in and week out from the Chiefs.
0: When I was in graduate school, um, <clears throat> had to write a column. That was kind of about, uh, as American as apple pie was, was kind of an outdated phrase. And so this professor, Judith Christ, who was a, a famous movie critic who had been on the today show for a long time, <clears throat> wanted you to come up with as American as a replacement for apple pie. And I wrote, it's still the apple pie. The apple pie has changed. Apple pie is now a frozen thing you have in your, in your kitchen, right? You have to take it out and you reheat it and and all of that stuff. It's not grandma making it, putting it on the windowsill and all of that homie stuff that we remember. In that vein, I say this is the narrative. The very question is the narrative of this season. It's going to be that there was no primary narrative this season, that it evolved week to week, that the Rams were really good and then they lost two games in a row and that Kansas City went and came back and that all of these things are so malleable this year.
1: Well, that's too easy of an Paul, answer. That was beautiful. That's too easy of an answer, though, for the for this because it's not that easy when you look at these teams play week in and week out on how this is all going to shake. I preferred out. Chad's reply.
2: Well, the, your your build up was beautiful with the American pie analogy and how the American the, the the pie has changed to a frozen pie and this and that. Here's what hasn't changed, gentlemen. Tom Brady is still playing for the Tampa Bay Bucks and they won the Super Bowl a year ago. To me, the narrative at the end of the year is going to be that we were foolish to ever think they weren't going to be right there again in the Super Bowl in LA. I don't know
0: that anybody's dismissing them. We're just kind of waiting.
2: Well, they lost two straight now. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's people dismissing a little bit of what they are right now after a 29-19 to loss to the Washington football team and t- Taylor Heineke. Well, then
1: they lost to the Saints.
0: Yeah, and Trevor Simeon. Yeah. I'm just kind of waiting on them, and I'm waiting on a lot of stuff to sift out. But I don't know that come week 16, 17, well, that's more we've the- got a huge well, here's favorite it. or know what's going to happen, and that, that it'll be a surprise if something doesn't happen like it is most years. Like you feel like the number one seed is really the team to beat. I don't feel like this is going to be that kind of season. So. We are becoming a national show
2: now, so this is not some critique of national shows, but this is sort of a national show take that I'm going to give you guys on, on narratives and what they mean in any sport. Narratives are defined by what national media members want to talk about because they know they get more eyes and ears on certain teams. Here's an example. Uh, when the Rams lose like they did last night, and they lose the Titans in back-to-back nationally televised games, the discussion the next day is... Are the Rams done? Can they fix this? Is this just a blip on the radar? Are they as good as we thought? Are they terrible? If the Titans, I'm just picking the Titans as the team. If the Titans lost back-to-back games in prime time the way the Rams did, no one would say a word They'd about just them the next day. We'd they would talk disappear. about somebody else. It'd just move on to the next one. Now let's talk about the Cowboys. Let's talk about the Bucs. Let's talk about the Packers. Well, the AFC replacement in let's, that situation. Let's move into the next team and, and just talk about them. I say that to say that the whole concept of narrative to me is flawed because narrative is the main talking points of the teams that everyone wanted to talk about coming into the season. No one wanted to talk about the Tennessee Titans coming into the season. So guess what? At 8-2 and two in the number one seed in the AFC, no one wants to talk about the Titans. So what do they do? They start to nitpick. And find ways they shouldn't be eight and two. Yeah. Find ways we're not going to talk about them in four you do weeks. Do it against your will. And then you go back to the teams that you loaded up to talk about in the preseason, and that you wanted to talk about in the preseason. It's just human nature. Well, that, I guess, that, and so the narrative—it's just—it's a, a moving. Mike Holmes is back. It's a moving target.
1: But is—is is the narrative, I guess, going to end up being exactly what we thought it was in in August? I don't that's, think that's the premise for the question. If, are
2: we going to go full circle? Start one place. Boy, now the Chiefs are bad. Defense is terrible. Oh, now Pat Mahomes is terrible. <laughs> and then you come back around. Oh, well, here's here's the Chiefs in right. the box.
0: I don't think it's going to wind up being Kansas City in the, in the AFC. I don't. I think there's the too many other they've come they back the a little third bit. they the
1: best and, odds for the AFC Championship yeah. right now.
0: Well, I think part of that's familiarity, right? And that none No, of these part other of that is Vegas has, doesn't
1: want to give any better odds on 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 Kansas City.
0: And, and, I think, and nobody else has really come out.
2: Well, I fear the Ravens the most. I think, I think. the NFL has a funny way Ravens. of... If we probably if we went back and looked at every season, it's got a funny way. There's, there's always teams that just fall off a cliff that you're not expecting. There's always teams that rise that you weren't expecting. But for those teams that you were pretty certain they're going to be good at the start of the year, this is a league that always kind of has a way that even if you trip up a few times... And that narrative on that team changes. They always find a way back. I think Kansas City is going to end up being the team in the AFC West that they're going to come back and be right there in January playing in playoff games, meaningful games, maybe at Arrowhead, and we're going to sit back and say, boy, it was it was crazy when we thought they were terrible. Well,
1: and Really, it's about Buffalo. Buffalo right now has the best odds, or the worst odds, depending on how you look at it. It's for betting purposes. If you bet on Buffalo to win, Vegas is expecting Buffalo to win the conference.
0: Well, I like the Bills for how battle tested so they they'll the be best if they come through. The better if right, they come right. through those two games with New England, they're going to be more battle tested down the stretch than the Titans are. The Titans battle testing is over. They they did well to be battle tested, but for the next two months, uh, they've got one and a half games of that.
1: We welcome in Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com. SEC writer and columnist uh, who who joins us on the show Glenn hope you're doing well I, I'd like to start with this this comment and just see if you agree that the best coaching jobs I've seen this season um, happening in Mississippi with Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin both of those guys have done a tremendous job from the start of the season to now uh, and, and weaving through the SEC schedule that they faced
3: they really have you know and and each of them have had some ups and downs. I mean, Mike Leach lost to LSU, which is amazing when you when you look back at that. Um, and you know, for a while, you thought Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher would be having the best season, but Jimbo he beat Alabama, but he lost to Lane and to Coach Leach. So it's it's been a wild uh, SEC West, but really impressed with with Mike Leach coming back from twenty eight to three down. That that's amazing. Last week at Auburn, and and Lane has been pretty consistent.
0: I enjoyed your piece about the two of them. I suggest people go to OutKick and and read it. We know uh, what Lane thinks of Leach, based on uh, what he had to say this weekend about how good Mike is. Do we have a sense of what Leach thinks of Lane?
3: <laughs> you know that will be a good question for uh, for Coach Leach on the SEC teleconference tomorrow, but. You know, Coach Leach is funny. He usually doesn't take debate on questions. He kind of avoids them and doesn't really say much. So we'll 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 see what he says. I might try to ask him that tomorrow, but he's a very sharp guy and an interesting person.
2: Glenn, earlier I ranked uh, the opening uh, job openings in college football, and I put USC ahead of LSU. As the number 1 job, LSU is too. I, I think there's a debate to be had either way. What do you think about the merits of the LSU job versus the USC
3: job. Well, I think they're both really up there. Um, I think if LSU didn't have all the uh, crap that's going on with the, with the school, with their Title IX lawsuits, with their NCAA investigations, with the culture issues they've had, which you know through most of history they haven't had those issues or at least public. I would give the edge to LSU, a slight edge, just because there's fewer schools close to LSU going after the recruits. That, that's the thing that really makes LSU one of the best jobs, because per capita, they have some of the most talent you can find in the country, in Louisiana, close to Baton Rouge, and there's no other school. There's no other Power 5 school in the state. Whereas USC has its own unique advantages, but there's obviously, there's another major school in the city. Um, but, um, you know, it's two different things. I mean, USC is a, is in a big city. It's in Hollywood and Pete Carroll really kind of captured that when he was the coach with coach O. Um, but um, really, really close. I, I would, I would say, uh, you know, LSU um, might have an edge and, and really when you look at everything LSU has, they should have more championships than just three, you know, historically. They sh- they should have more because of their recruiting environment. You know,
2: a, a name that that popped up early on and is sort of stuck around for the LSU opening was Lincoln Riley. You've got Jimbo Fisher now. You know, he said the thing about the way I've got ranches here and make a lot of money. Why would I do it? Came out a little bit more definitively and said when asked about it, He said, "You know, we're gonna we're gonna recruit the best class of the last five years here at Texas A and M this year. I would have to be an idiot to recruit those guys and sign them and then go compete against them in the division at LSU. I don't think Jimbo Fisher's going anywhere. Lincoln Riley, though, is a name that's picking up a little bit more steam. Glenn, what do you think about the prospects of Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for LSU?" Yeah, you
3: know, Lincoln Riley would be a great hire for LSU. He's only 38 years old. He's, uh, he's done really well at Oklahoma and, and maybe he feels like he's taken Oklahoma as far as he can take it, you know? And I mean, he's had them in the playoffs multiple times, Uh, but that recruiting base is not as easy. It's not as easy to find recruits uh, in the Oklahoma area as it is in, in Louisiana. So, you know, LSU could help his career. I mean, what I'm thinking is if I'm Lincoln Riley, if I can almost win a national championship at Oklahoma, I could probably win a couple at LSU. You know, and he's been at Oklahoma a while. It might be a good time for him to leave, whereas Jimbo is just kind of getting started at AM. I see why he's staying. But Lincoln Riley would be a great hire because he would be the first offensive coordinator head coach LSU has ever had. They've always had defensive coaches, and Les Miles and Jerry DiNardo were offensive coordinators, but they were offensive line coaches and not really progressive. You know, Lincoln Riley would would solve a lot of things at LSU. Uh, you know, he'd bring a great offense, and, and he'd bring great quarterbacks over time.
1: Glenn Gilbo, our guest. Glenn, with, with Bo Nix now having surgery on his ankle, and he's out two weeks, when you heard that news, what did that do to the Iron Bowl for you? Did, did that change your percep- perception of what the Tigers could could try to pull off at home against the Crimson Tide?
3: Not only that, it changed my travel plan. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to go to the game now. I was really looking forward to it. You know, Auburn's lost two in a row, and, and suddenly that game does not look very interesting or significant. Um, but... Um, you know, I don't think Auburn's going to have much of a chance in that game, even if Bo Nix was, was healthy, sure. uh, the way they've been playing. You know, TJ Finley has, has played well in spots. He started five games at LSU last year, he played well against South Carolina, which he plays this week. Um, so I, I don't know if quarterback is going to be a major issue, but I, I just don't think Auburn is going in the right direction as a team. And, and, uh, I don't see Alabama having a lot of trouble with
0: what do you think of Dan Mullen trying to, uh, put a happy face on things by saying that calling any win disappointing is disrespectful to the game.
3: (laughs) Well, you know, Dan is just having a crazy year. Gosh. Um, I was at that game when he almost beat Alabama should have beat Alabama. I I thought Florida was going places. Um, but uh, he's he's just struggling, and and for a smart guy, he's just saying all the wrong things this season. You know, he's uh, you know, you you, you just, he's been at Florida and as, as an assistant, you'd think he'd know the media microscope there, and and he spoke, you know, much better when he was at Mississippi State. So he's just having a, a, a rough season, and and uh, you know, I think he's frustrated, and that's leading to him saying some some silly things at press conferences. Is he out? Um well I, I think he'll win his next two and, and not get fired. Uh, I, I think if he loses to Florida State, you know, it, it might could happen. Trey Wallace probably knows more about that and had a good piece on that this week. But um, you know, I, I don't I don't think so. I, I think that would be a little rash even in this day and age. If he can win out, I, I think they'll keep him in. And kind of see and, and you know his ad scott strickland is a is a great guy and and was with him at mississippi state mm-hmm. uh, now strickland may be under pressure himself but i i think dan will survive to answer your question
1: glenn gobo has been our guest you can follow him on twitter at lsu beat tweet uh, glenn thank you as always for the insight we love reading your work at the site
3: hey thanks last time i was on i incorrectly predicted the Astros. So congrats to you. <laughs> yes.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Glenn. We'll take it. We'll take it.
3: I thought that was why you didn't ask me back.
1: for something. <laughs> Oh, no, no, absolutely not. We'll, we'll chat soon.
3: All right. Thank you. Thanks, All right. Glenn,
1: Glenn Gilbo has been our guest. Um, again, go to outkick.com. You mentioned Trey Wallace. He and Trey do a great job covering the Southeastern conference for outkick.com. Uh, coming up, some other headlines. Uh, including the the Rex Ryan Robert Sala feud oh. that we ended the show with yesterday that continues.
2: I can't get enough to of
1: have uh, fuel added to that fire. And uh, speaking of a guy with uh, that lacks fire, Teddy Bridgewater on a tackle <laughs> attempt. That's next on Alcat Three Sixty. So is the Robert Sala Rex Ryan feud? Feud of words. Is it the feud that we did not know we needed in this football season? I'll kick 360
0: rolls on. <laughs> Can the wives get involved?
1: Uh, maybe. Maybe. I mean, the the brother of Robert Sala got involved by saying, like, stick to podiatry and cheeseburgers.
2: The podiatry <laughs> line is <laughs> remarkable.
0: Just for, Rex has those become don't know, Rex
1: Rex Ryan went on ESPN Radio yesterday morning. I don't know the setup of the question. Rex is very open and honest. Rex, by the way, lives in Nashville, and um,
0: he gets into fights downtown with his brother. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Not with his brother. He and his brother yeah. get into
1: fights. <laughs> so he was asked about Robert Saul, and he goes, "Well, actually, he, he, I, I'm tired of being compared to him because he no, was supposed to. Them? He was supposed to be me minus the bad stuff." <laughs> And he's he's well, not. And What of the
2: bad parts? The bad the, parts. The exact yeah. what was me minus the bad parts.
1: Minus the bad parts. And he's which like, is a
2: great line, just very <laughs> human of him to say.
1: And he's saying sometimes you need the bad to instill a little energy in your team because this team, this Jets team, plays with zero heart.
0: Now let's go have a GD snack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a reference to uh, the, the hard, hard knocks, knocks. Yep. which is His unbelievable. Best line of um, so then Robert Sala. Was played this clip on New York radio. I'm assuming Robert Sala does a weekly radio hit. It was Michael K, right? Michael K show, and he said, "Look, if Rex has a problem with me, Rex knows where to find me." And he said it in a way, in a tone where it's like, "Okay, I like that." The podiatrist. They they clearly don't like each other, right? And this is a defensive-minded head coach with a rookie quarterback. That's. Meet, he, he's actually won against teams that no one thought he would beat. Meanwhile, Rex Ryan lost against teams that a lot of people thought he would win against in New York.
0: He did that, all right. That's what I we went of. to an AFC championship game, right? Rex, a Rex had a big start. Didn't he go to two in
2: a row? Two in a row. Yeah. He was in two straight AFC championship games.
0: And then he dropped off.
2: Um,
1: so I guess, what do you guys think of the former coach of the franchise who is going to be? Based on his like, his mentality fits the Jets fan mentality, right? Like the take no prisoners. Oh,
0: they loved him when he won. Um, he was he was great for New York.
1: Yeah, he, he he would come in wearing a wig, dressed as his brother, because his brother was the defensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns. Um, do you do you side with? Okay, I like the analyst. That's Rex Ryan. I mean, Rex is doing exactly what he's paid to do. He's not backing down for the simple fact of, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to play play this nice because this is the former franchise he used to coach for. I actually like that. I like the fact that he's like, look, this guy isn't living up to any expectation. In fact, he wasn't even doing it for San Francisco.
2: It <laughs> takes a jab out I mean, of there, too. Look, I, I love it. I, I think it's great. This is why, <clears throat> excuse me, this is why if you're ESPN, you pay for Rex Ryan's opinion. Yes, yes. Because you know he's going to be honest with you. And I like that he had a little bit of fact behind it. He said, I heard about th- th- this defensive guru coming in, and then I see he finished dead last in his division, and his defenses were, weren't that good. And I, I but, take it personal that people say he's like me because that wasn't him. But David Sala, the brother of of uh, head coach uh, Robert Sala,
1: tw- retweets Pro Football Talk and says, Rex Ryan took over a good Mangini roster, won with it the first two years, lost with his own roster every year after
0: did he the have personnel? only per,
1: the only person making comparisons is you in an effort to stay relevant stick to podiatry and eating cheeseburgers clown
0: did, did rex i have, mean i love rex have, too per, i love yeah, the this. clown the did, clown thing did rex have personnel control though I, I don't think rex was controlling the roster there i don't remember who tannenbaum maybe it was, it was that's right yeah um Look, I mean, Rex is supposed to stir it up, so that's a good job. But he's he's making himself sound better than he was. The verdict isn't in on the current regime yet. It's actually doing better. Weren't defense is really
2: good, though. Mark Sanchez just went terrible. I mean, I feel yeah, his like defenses he was. Were good I feel for like a while. his his defensive prowess. You can't really argue with. I I'm not gonna I haven't gone back and looked at every year. I know the AFC championship defenses were very good. Yes. But he was a good defensive coach. And oh, his argument was. with Salah is about his defense. Sala
0: should be quiet here though. He's the guy that doesn't need to respond. You need to be above it.
2: I think it was great
0: how well, he responded I though. But he also, has to re-
2: Paul, he has to
1: respond because he was played the clip he as he went on the show. It.
0: I understand. But what he's doing is fueling. He was very fueling calm about what he page. said. Which isn't, I don't think, his style or what his bosses are looking for from him. I'll say this:
2: if I'm a head coach of the New York Jets or in that competitive a person, and we're all very competitive ourselves, but if you're in that spot and someone plays that clip to me in a surprise way, he, I think he He handled himself pretty calmly and well, and said, "Look, this guy's known to stir the pot. I don't know him, but if he's got a problem, he knows where to find me."
0: Uh, fighting words is kind of weak to me, but I, I agree. In the moment, he. I don't handles know that it was it necessarily well. like a physical threat well, a, or just. That's a, what it sounds like. You know, know, it's a man to man. Where to thing. find me?
2: you, know, you, you call me. Words. You know, if you really have a problem and I embarrass you, then give me a call or come see me.
0: Yeah, you're, I, I don't disagree. You're, I
2: you're, mean, I think, I think we. You're, you're right, right, Paul. We automatically take it as you know where to find yeah, me. Yeah, Let's go out. I'm right. going to kick let's your step ass. Step outside. But I also can see it as. Why don't you give me a call if you've got such a uh, if it's a personal affront to you if my defenses are a personal <laughs> affront to you as a human being, then you can call me
0: I mean the Jets just got their butt kicked, which is what started this conversation. But I think we would all say the Jets are in a better spot than we expected them to be in through
2: week 10. Well, I mean they've done well with Mike White at quarterback in a game, right one game. I, I don't know. They won. The mean, they, won two, they won two he games. He was
1: terrible this past week. Mike White was.
2: They won two games. Yeah, they won. They won two games and they've looked awful. Yeah, and the rookie quarterback has not been good. Now he's hurt. So Tennessee and that. Cincinnati
0: though, that's pretty impressive that they've uh, as a bad team. They've beaten two pretty good teams.
2: But they also just get drubbed in every other game.
0: They're playing. But look at their next two. The
2: Lions haven't won a game. They've tied one, but they've been close. They might be about to
0: double their win total because they're hosting Miami and they're playing at Houston. Yeah. Those are some interesting games. You in think that, that big way. win over Houston that
2: Salah's going to come back. And I told you, Rex Ryan, I told you I'm a great coach. Look at
0: what I do to bad
2: teams. I'm back, Cam Newton.
1: I'm back. No,
2: And they've got back. Miami See, twice. You're, you're env- and
0: Jacksonville.
1: You're envisioning that. I'm envisioning Rex Ryan after they drop one of these games to one of these other bad teams. They could win
0: six games this season. Rex Ryan
2: just puts out a foot video when it happens. Just to troll him. <laughs>
1: Uh, John McClain coming up. Time to go through the NFL. These are undefeated. <laughs> the NFL headlines. The No team's undefeated this year. A lot of parody across the league. Who does John right. see as the top team in the NFL? We'll ask him next on OutKick360. Hang with us.